Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue, your one-stop shop for peace and love on the airwaves, a safe space for people of color and our allies. Join us every week as we have real dialogue with people going through real life. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue. Um, Today's conversation is just going to be a real um, eye-opener. Today, I am joined by Ella Shea Farmer. Hello, how are you doing today? And uh, we just decided that today's conversation is just going to be really candid. Um, You know me, I, I really like to have some good open dialogue um, and last week's conversation was so great. We were talking about healing. And um, one of the things that it, it opened up for me was um, how we show up in our relationships. Um, Latrice, uh, Ella Shea, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'm trying not to use your government on <laughs> It's all right. I try not to use our government on air. But uh, um, Lachey and I, we have these conversations all the time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These deep conversations all the time. And um, I I wanted to have this conversation because, again, I know that if as as you know, uh, we as black women, I think that we've been the ones that have been leading this movement of self-care, self-love, exploring our mental health, putting that on the table, um, which I'm so proud of us for that. You know, we're burning sage and using these crystals. And and I know our men are doing it, too. And I'm so proud of all of us. I'm so proud of all of us for doing that because we need to heal, you know. Um, But I think part of that discussion is understanding how we show up in our relationships. And I know that uh, Lachey and I have had some conversations this year that helped us realize we were showing up in our relationships in ways that, you know, weren't helpful you know that were reflective of the things that we've been through in our past so first I want to um start out with this question to you you know what what was it for you that made you realize you were showing up in your relationship in a way that was uh I don't know what I should should I say that was that was uh not healthy unhealthy Unhealthy. Uh-huh. Well, prior to my current relationship, I was in um, I was in a long, emotionally abusive situation. Um, I was the primary breadwinner, and I was making excuses for why this person wasn't able to meet me halfway. Um, I had been taught. That in relationships, you know, if you're by yourself, it's a little bit harder, so get a man. Because you need a partner. Because for economic reasons, protection. And I realized a lot of my um, a lot of my training was fear-based. So if I mm-hmm. would have been, you know, trained from a point of love instead of fear, I wouldn't even have these ideas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll talk about that later. But uh, I noticed that my decisions... I was making excuses for why this person wasn't treating me the way I deserved. Eventually, um, it took a lot for me to walk away. And even still, he wasn't really having it. 
and he still was being manipulative even after the breakup, you know, and that had to literally go no contact. And um, when I went no contact, that was when I was by myself. Mm-hmm. I had my daughter, but I was for the most part by myself, not in relationship. And I was able to get to the core of who I was because I had lost myself. I was in that relationship for like seven years. So I kind of lost myself. I was able to get to the core of who I was, um, but I was by myself, but entertaining, you know, suitors. So, so let me ask you this, um, because that's a lot. That's a whole lot. How did you realize that you, what, what was it that made you realize that you had become lost in that relationship? Because I was literally justifying things that I was, I would not tolerate. From anybody else? From anybody. Right. Okay. From anybody. Yes. Oh anybody. God! I've like, been there. Yeah, I'm like fine. I'm like, well, you know, I know yeah. that you know, I know that he, his his job isn't really paying all that well. So I'm gonna go ahead and I understand why he can't pay his part of the rent monthly. Yeah. So or at a minute, I was working two jobs, making right. sure we were straight. Like what? Right. So the the roles have shifted, you know, and I'm I'm not really big. I'm I'm big on roles more for structure, but mm-hmm. um, gender roles. I say if we split these bills fifty fifty, you know. You need to split this work 50-50. That's fair. It's fair. You know, if we're going to do gender roles, we're going to do gender roles. Right. Not necessary. Yeah, I I recognize that. You know, when you said that, you saw how I kind of just, you know, um, I recognize that too. Um, And I I like to ask these types of questions because I think that these are the places where we recognize ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've been in relationships where... It's stuff I have taken from guys, and I know because I've been your ear on the phone about it plenty of night. <laughs> it happens. And, uh, but I would never, under any, I have ditched guys for less. I have or told me. If I was to call you and tell you this story, what would you tell me? I'd be like, girl, <laughs> what? Exactly. We do that. Right. And we but, do that. But then, then when it's a certain kind, I, I think the one thing that you and I have, though, is that when. We understand the connections. Um, sometimes we have these relationships with these connections where we give ourselves, we we are showing up for this person mm-hmm. in a way that we're not even showing up for ourselves. Exactly. And it's a reflection yeah. of how much you really love yourself. When you're doing that and you're accepting bullshit. Right. For lack of a better word. You're accepting bullshit and you know it's bullshit. It, it and is. you're justifying it. And you're justifying. But you know, part of it is, is that I think, um, I couldn't, I struggled with that idea myself for a long time because I felt like, well, I love myself, you know, so at least I think I love myself, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't really fully understand what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what that really meant. And I think what I was missing is that there's still a part of us that had this dialogue of we love ourselves, but there's a part of us that was taught to sacrifice that mm-hmm. um, for those that we really love when we see that there's some kind of pain, hurt, danger coming their way. Lots of us have been taught, you know, we don't call the plot. I, I know lots, lots do. But some of us come from an era where we didn't call the police in domestic situations. I haven't ever been physically abused in a relationship, which brings me to another thing that you said I wanted to address, too. I haven't been ever been physically abused in a relationship, although I've been through emotionally abusive relationships. But I think a lot of women have been physically abused and don't want to call the police mm-hmm. because we kind of train 
oh, we know our black men been through so much. Oh, yeah, we, we, still, we protect them the whole step of the way. We protect them. More than we protect ourselves. More than we protect ourselves. And now you said that you had been, and, and the relationship was emotionally abusive. What made you recognize? I think a lot of us don't recognize that. I know I didn't. Mm-hmm. I never, re- it took me, I didn't recognize that I had been in emotionally re- abusive relationships until I was out of them. Mm-hmm. What made you recognize the relationship was emotionally abusive? Well, for starters, I was not feeling, I always felt like um, the relationship was one-sided. Mm. I didn't feel like my needs were being met. I um, didn't feel like there was a mutual response if mm-hmm. I was to, um, about my passion. So I supported his dream a thousand percent of the way. But mm-hmm. when it came time for me, he can't tell you what my skills are, mm. you know. Or if he can tell you what my skills are, he can't tell you what I'm doing with him. He's not supporting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I also had to deal with various other women, mm. despite having conversations about honesty and levels of acceptance. And that was kind of when um, I moved the relationship. I changed how I neg- negotiated the boundaries. I ended up making it more of a professional relationship, but he didn't respect the boundaries, so things always stayed mm. fluid, which was even more complicated because then he was in a position where he didn't have to necessarily commit, but I was always around. So even though we broke up and we were living together, I had to deal with uh, him telling me, I'm coming home tonight and not coming home, or um, he had to deal with me having company because we're not together, but I live here. So I have company coming over. Are you coming here tonight or not? So to have to literally put yourself in a position to deal with those feelings is abusive to yeah. yourself if yeah. you know that you know you have these emotions. Um, but more so than that, I, my needs weren't being met. Um, I was pulling everything and he was okay with it. He was allowing me to do it. Men only do, people, not men, people only do what you allow them to do. I wasn't clear on my boundaries, and he took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, last straw, he ended up stealing something from me. <laughs> Girl, I tell so, you, um, that, yeah, that. Yeah, that was the last do. straw. That yeah, no, we no contact, you know, no more. Just that'll do. Block it. from everything, and that was the first person I actually uh, went no contact on, and it was hard to do because I was so invested mm-hmm. in this person's career. Like I can't even listen to my favorite mixtapes. Because of the relationship. Right. Because I haven't quite healed from it yet. Right. So. Um, but you're on a journey. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm not about to. But that relationship, the damage from, you know, constantly being gaslighted. I'm like, literally, women are sending booty pictures to my cell phone because you use my phone because you don't have a phone. And you're telling me, she didn't mean to send that to me. I don't know who that is. Man, you hold know, just on, hold on, extreme gas. Yeah, hold on. Look. See, you know that that just because I've had similar experiences. That just, ooh, man. Yeah, it's like we know you're lying. Oh my god, you just don't even care. The problem for me. Yes. Hold on, let me stop. Like to say, <laughs> yes, out. we have to. Yeah, we. You know, when we have these conversations, it's worth it, right? Because sage is so soothing to the soul. It's so. I know you all hear this lighter. Yes, it is so soothing to the soul to burn the sage. You got to clear oh. that energy out, even. Sometimes as you discuss these difficult things, you bring, you can conjure up that, that negative energy. So we are firm believers in burning that sage to help clear it uh, in the midst of the it discussion. Feels, feels better in the room when it's burning. It does. So let me just kind of highlight those things that you, because what I heard you say, 
that helped you identify that the relationship was emotionally abusive. And this is for all my brothers and sisters out there, because um, I know that even, you know, men get gaslighted, too. You know, oh, and they yeah. Get in women are worse with the gas. Well, I, that's another conversation. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because we, women, and I'm not, this is not a slight, but, you know, women, we we're, we tend to be known as a smart agenda. No offense, we're we not, play the long game. Yeah, we do. We play the long game. We're not, we're not physically stronger, so we have to be smarter at, at the game. You know, we have to learn, you know, I can't come for you physically, so we're going to come for your, your, your mind. Um, and, and so that's what... Um, women are, are unfortunately sometimes we we really do some damage um, to our. You our gotta quit letting us get a hold of your minds like that. Too. Yeah, but you know, uh, um, particularly when a person has been through, uh, you know, trauma, it becomes triggers, and men are not, you know, when when there are not safe spaces for them to even explore or discuss those triggers, it's going to become it makes them easy prey. Mm -hmm. Just like women are easy prey for uh, sexual manipulation because so many women are the victims of sexual assault. You know, that it's like on both sides we're easy prey based on our experiences. But the things that I've recognized as um, um, that, that helped you recognize the relationship was mostly abusive is that it was one-sided. Um, your needs, and, and when I say your needs, I mean the needs that you have that you want to get met from your partner. The needs that you expect from your partner weren't getting met. You weren't, your partner wasn't supportive. They, he wasn't vested in you. Um, you had to deal with other, you know, various other women. Basically, it was community dick. Um, oh, yeah, serving the community well. Yes. Well, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. He, um, his, I, I always had a question about his self-esteem because that was the one thing that he knew he could do well. Slang mother dick. And he prided himself on that. He was extremely proud of his big old dick. Mm -hmm. So I know that a lot of that cheating was not because of me. It was because of um, a need to what's the word I want to use? A need to confirm that he was good enough. Mm -hmm. you know, self-validation, what it was about. So I, I don't take it personally now. That's part of my healing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I used to take it personally, feel like I wasn't good enough. Now I know that it was more about him needing to heal and not me. And, uh, you know, we never know what other people are dealing with in relationships. So when we show up nervous and afraid, unwilling to commit, it shows. Mm -hmm. And anybody mm -hmm. who is a predator, can see that weakness. Yes, they can. They can see that you're damaged, and they will exploit it. I think that's been my problem, is I'm a very sensitive soul, mm -hmm. and I, I it's, it's, it's virtually, considering my life experiences, it's been virtually impossible for me to hide, um, to hide it. It, it, it. You know, for a person that's a predator, I think they can sniff it oh, out. Oh, yeah, you can sniff it out. They look for that. Yeah. You know, they... they, they if you find books by like these educated psychopaths, they'll tell you, yes, I target women who look like this. She said educated psychopaths. They do, they write books about it. Like <laughs> They'll tell you what they're in here doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we show up damaged and we attract who we are. So, so that, that really brings me to my next question because I wanted to ask... How how do we contribute to the landscape of our relationship? How does the way we show up contribute to the landscape of our, of our relationship? So when I say that, 
this is coming into attention of, you know, um, like I can just acknowledge, you know, I've a per I'm a person that, come on, we when when we say that the CDC acknowledges that one in five, or I guess the number is even, I've heard some say it's one in three, uh, black women have been the victims of sexual assault, and these are just the women that are reporting it. Exactly. Uh, women, you know, and then, um, and 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 we know very often it's it's these are not single instances of of people who have just had one time in their life they've been the, the victim of sexual assault. Lots of times it happens as child trauma, and then it may happen again as a teenager. It may happen again in co you know that type of thing. Um, it definitely shows up in the way women have our relationships. Um, for some, uh, promiscuity becomes uh, a factor in 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 in, in sexual trauma. Um, for others, uh, they withdraw, and and their sexuality kind of totally abates. They kind of hide it all together. Um, there's lots of ways that that people develop of coping, and and for men, it's the same thing. Men become hypersexual just the same. So chances are when we have the dude that is out there slinging it, you know, we're finding, you know, there was a time when it was glorified that a young man would be introduced to sex by some grown exactly. woman. At a young age. At a young age. You know, I, re I, keep, I, I, I talk about that book Pimp by Iceberg Slim all the time. That book started out with him talking about a sexual encounter he had with his grown caregiver. I think he was 11 at the time. And then for the rest of the book, he talks about how he took that out. He talks about how he sexually dominated and treated these women. And he wrote that book out of guilt. He wrote this series out of guilt because he wanted to make it right. But I think the fact that he started out with his sexual experience at that young age was very significant. So I think we have to understand that even the men that victimize us, their ex that Absolutely. experience has a genesis for them. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. There's, there's a lot of guys that I've talked to that, um, you know, we, we uh, affectionately call community dick. Um, they yeah. really don't want to be community dick. They're right. out here searching for that connection, that one person that's going to make them sit down. Right. They don't want to serve the community, you know. Right. And after a certain point, you haven't developed any skill set but your sex game. Now you think that's who you are. And and it's and it works the same way for women, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and so men have this way of dehumanizing women by calling us females <laughs> and separating us, right, by the women that carry themselves a certain way. But at the reality, no woman is born a whore, right? If you see a woman that is sexually loose and if she's skilled at 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 at, at fellatio at fifteen, well, guess what? <laughs> Yeah, and what does that say about her self worth? If you have to ask, you ask a person, "What are you good at?" Right. And she's like, "Well, I, I suck good dick." Right. You know that means that you know somebody has been viol Somebody exactly. has violated her. Exactly. She's been introduced to that way too soon. You know, you don't find women. Nobody's born that way. Nobody's born that way. You know, people are made. They have experiences that they get introduced to these things that create that and create these tendencies and these interests. You know, some people fall into it and they accept it as this is a part, you know, and I'm not saying because everybody has to accept who they are as they are. So I'm not saying any of that, you know. Um, well, we learn love the wrong way. A lot yeah. of us are loved by damaged people. So when yeah. they love us in their damaged way and that same love shows up from other damaged people, it's familiar. 
and we think we're in love. We think these people love us, and then we end up in codependency. Now we want to be with them. And everybody's upset, trying to figure out what's wrong with the person, instead of looking internally and seeing how you how did you present yourself. In how this did you present yourself in the what did you bring this person? Right. So if I brought you my ass in the beginning, you know, if I attracted you with my body and my sexual skills, then that's probably what that person is focused on. If that's what I use, if I attract you with all of this physicality, then that's what that person, you know, if I attract you with who I am, mm-hmm. then maybe that person. But the challenge is, is again, we're looking at a, a generations of people who are really struggling to connect because of all of these various things that we have going on in our lives um, that kind of make us turn off. It becomes difficult. We have to become present to the pain in our lives in order to connect with somebody. We have to confront some things that's really hard to connect to, to confront. Yeah, even Community Day wants a hug at night. Yeah. Real talk. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's hard. That's why, you know, you, 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 it, it's, Sometimes you you enter into these relationships, right, where people think that it's a friends with benefits type of situation. And oh, yeah, it, stop calling these people your friends. Yeah, it's not your you're friend. not your friend. They're not your yeah, friend. It, you know, it, another word that always just disturbs me. I'm like, because when somebody says that to me, I'm like, I I don't sleep with my friends. I have my friends. Like when I went to college, I have friends I could sleep in the bed with. Oh yeah, me and too. there was no such and thing. And they won't do anything. Right, there's they no will tuck me in, wipe right. the slob off my mouth. Right. Then there's others. Right. And then there's others. You know, my male friends, I don't have sex with my male friends. Yeah, <laughs> I have plenty of male friends I've never, right. ever I, I would never, slept with and will never. Will never. That's not a <laughs> friendship, right? That's It's it's something else once you... Yeah, find you, another word for it. Right. It's not, that this it's is not, not your friend. friend. It's not your friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you have a messed up definition of friendship if you think right. that this person, they're not going to be there for you. If you had a flat, will will he or she come? Right. You know, these are things you really need to ask yourself. Right. And see, and, and that's title. that's such a great point, because then that's a perfect example, because we'll have somebody as a friend, as an FWB. And then when we do get into a situation like that, we'll call that person thinking, you know, are they going to come help? And they don't. Mm-hmm. And then we're mad. Yeah. But what did you think? How did you show up? How did you? How did you show up? For real talk. A lot of, you know, a lot of. A lot of us are not aware of how we're showing up. Yeah. You got to be honest about how you're showing up. And this is not just romantic relationships. This is professional, personal. You really have to show, even how you show up to yourself. Like, are you respecting your boundaries internally? Are you making sure that you are getting what you need in your relationship? Do you feel like you don't deserve certain things in your relationships? Even if you want them, why are you accepting that? And are you giving away things to another person that you haven't given to yourself? Mm. That's extremely significant. Sometimes I think that we have the tendency to give things to another person because we want that person to do the same thing for us. But it doesn't really work that way, right? Because then it becomes, you know, giving, I think we can give to another person because we want to give. I've learned now... um, I'll use the example of money. When it comes to money, I don't give it to a person. I'm not really a fan of loaning money because I don't like for money to come between me and a friend. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, we may say it's a loan, but if I have it, I'll give it to you. And if you can give it back, great. If not, it's it's okay. It's a gift. It's a gift and you you keep pushing and whether you give it back or not is never going to change the status of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Lots of us think that way with our money, but we don't think about that way when we give our time, when we give our efforts, our love, our concern, the things that come from us, the inner part of us. We don't we give it and we expect something back, but we don't vocalize it. Mm-hmm. And we give it and we really don't have it to give. It's like it, I keep saying this because I can't say how important this was to me, how profound it was when I heard it from Lisa Nichols, is that you have to give out of your overflow. You can't give from what you need. We have to remember to keep what we need for ourselves. And then you give after you've given to yourself. Right. So I think we would have healthier relationships if we learn to stop showing up in a way where we're giving all we're we're over giving to another person expecting that they're going to return what we've already given. A lot, a, a lot of that is the pick me attitude. Mm-hmm. It's look at how amazing I am. Pick me this winter for cuffing season. Mm-hmm. Look at how I can clean and cook. And mm-hmm. I'm not like those other girls. They're ratchet and nasty. Okay. Can I make a confession right here? Absolutely. I. I got some ratchet. Yeah, <laughs> I got here. I got lots of ratchet same in me. Here. Some of it. I got ratchet degrees and LLCs. <laughs> I got all that for you. Ratchet degrees and LLCs. All that for you. So I think that the word for that pick me would be um, another word for that would be codependency, which is an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Typically. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, you, you, anytime that you, you, you need to get something from a partner to an extent that you will alter yourself, you know, you'll, you, you place undue weight on getting that need met from them, right? Um, then that's where you're looking at something codependent because really there should be no need that you can, that you have to have from a partner. Or from any one particular person. Right, that you can't get through. Now, now, you know, granted, like, you know, in the course of a relationship, of course you want sex from your partner. You can still have sex with yourself. But if I'm in a relationship, I want sex with my partner. That is a need. That's a valid need to want, you know, from your partner. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, there. so there are valid needs to want from your partner. But... Y- you need to be able to have valid and healthy needs met from your partner, not needs that you should be meeting for yourself. Right. Right. A lot of us haven't spent enough time alone to take care of those needs for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I knew that when I was alone, that there are certain things that I was doing to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't depend on my partner to take me to fancy restaurants because I was taking myself to fancy restaurants before I met my partner. Yes, you were. So this is not something that I require of my partner. It'd be great. But I'm going to go in here and rack up a check because that's what I do, whether I'm with you or not. Yeah, I kind of miss you posting those pictures on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like these are things I do for myself. I like my um, Manny. Petty. I used mm-hmm. to work on my feet. This was something that I did because mm-hmm. my dogs would be barking every mm-hmm. Saturday night. So I had to take care of my feet. Now, mm-hmm. if my partner doesn't pay for my pedicure, great. 
doesn't matter because I'm taking care of my feet and I'm not about to take it out on my partner for not doing it because this is something that I have to do for myself. Absolutely. It's not his job to feed me. It's not his job to clothe me. Absolutely. So I don't have animosity if my partner's not doing it. Absolutely. I wasn't always that way. Right. I was taught that a man is supposed to provide, so um, pay for all this. Mm -hmm. That's how I was taught. It's not necessarily true. That's that's education from people who were codependent. Mm -hmm. Because anytime you are not confident in bringing 100% of you and 100% of your partner to the table, if you're not requesting that, you're probably okay with codependence. That's right. If you're not expecting them to show up fully and you don't feel like you need to show up either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably... That's codependency. You're absolutely probably right. Probably in a codependent situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's where, you know, the whole gist of this conversation is about is how we're showing up in our relationships because at the end of the day, there's lots of times, you know, I see lots of people post memes and, you know, they, you know, they hate their exes. They break up and they just can't stand their exes. And at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all people. We all have issues. Um, and I think that I think the majority of us, when we look at our relationships, we can find a place where there's something that we could have done better. Um, there's a way that we could have served our own selves better in that relationship. And and um, and one of them is by recognizing how we showed up and what were our contributions to the demise of it. Because it's a growing, it's a process. It's a growing process. We don't know this. Nobody. These are things that we learn throughout life. Nobody says here. This is what it's like. You know, we don't get these lessons uh, when we're 20. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. I'll be so, on, oh, oh. No, you go ahead. I'll be honest about myself. Mm -hmm. um, the relationship that I mentioned earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. I was faithful for the entire seven years. Mm -hmm. I was faithful despite the fact that I knew what was going on. But I wasn't going to be that person. Mm -hmm. Prior me would have been that person. Prior me would have been like, oh, oh, this is what we cheat. We cheat. That's what we do. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to be that person. Um, I should have walked away. That is what I should have done. I should have walked away, but I found different uses for this person. Manipulated their um, mm. presence in my life. Mm. So I will you adapted. Admit, adapted. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, we can't mm. be together like this, but I need to keep you around so we can be together like this. Wow. Instead of walk away. Thank you. you. You see, this, I, this, every, it's, I feel like every time I have these conversations with somebody, you say, I hear something. That I a, a pattern that I recognize in myself, mm -hmm. and that just I just recognize I've done that, mm -hmm. and I I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Yeah, you end up doing some shit you don't even want to do. Yeah, because you're trying to. It becomes adjust. it becomes a relationship of convenience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's not necessarily what you want. No. But but yeah. it's but you contribute. Yeah. To the landscape. You sure do. Because now you know what's going on. Well, you've created this relationship. And you've accepted and it. And you've accept that's the that's the thing. Once you accept the new terms, it's going to be hard for you to get what you want in the first place. That's right. Once you start accepting things you don't want to accept. And this is all going on without you ever having dialogue with this Never. other person about it's it. what it is. It just happens. You just fall into things. One day you look up and this person, it's like, I'm about to go to bed and they go lay in your bed. What do you do now? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Do you let them stay there? Do you say, get your ass out of my bed and go home? Mm -hmm. I, at a point in my life, I wouldn't. Yeah. Now, get your ass up. You got to need me to call your Uber. You know, I'm always talking about that Uber. Need me to call your Uber because you got to go. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let me ask you this, the last question. What is it that made you recognize that you needed to heal from from that experience? I didn't realize how damaged I was until after I had my daughter. Mm. Um, I looked at my relationship with her father. Yep, babies that do it. And I had prided myself totally on having this perfect I'm not I'm I was thirty one when I had my daughter. And I prided myself on having the perfect family. I'm not gonna have any kids with anybody I'm not with. My next person I have a kid or the person I have a child with is gonna love me. Didn't work out that way. So ended up getting pregnant by somebody I barely knew. But we had a um, professional relationship. So we were able to literally treat the whole pregnancy like business. Mm. At the same time, it worked out well for me because I didn't have to be emotionally present in the conversation. It was all business. The emotions I saved for my childbirth and all that. It did contribute to um, a level of stress for me going through the pregnancy emotionless. Because I literally dissociated the whole time. Anything I could have felt, I blocked out for nine months. Or mm-hmm. what, five months when I found out. Because I found out late. So, once I had my daughter, I realized that I was blocking out my feelings. Mm-hmm. The whole time. In order to be okay. Yeah. I also realized that I needed to heal from damage from my father. In order to figure out how to navigate co-parenting relationship with my daughter's father because I brought a lot of that baggage into parenthood. Mm. The damage where I was so adamant for me to have the perfect relationship was from what I saw with my parents and their divorce and how that didn't work out and what happened from just from my perspective what I was told happened because he left us. As I got older I had a better understanding but it shaped my desire to make sure I had a partner. Once I had my daughter, I was extremely selective mm-hmm. of who that partner might be, even her father. I, I'm even, you know, protective. Like, hey, so what, what you need? I won't let her, I'm not even comfortable with her hanging out with him yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. Um, I don't want my daughter to be in a situation where she's confused on love or she receives any type of confusing love from a man. Now granted I can't protect her from everything, but I don't right. ever want her to feel confused about who values her in a relationship. Yes. That yeah. should never be up for discussion for our children. They right. should know who values them. Right. That's what started my need to heal. Ooh. Once I had my daughter, my father agreed to move back to where I was and help me with um, help me with childcare. You know, I can. Um, that's very powerful. And what you match, said. That was the first time I lived. I ever lived with my father when he came back to help me with the baby. Mm-hmm. The first time we ever lived. It was the first time we lived together since I was eight months old. You know, as a uh, person who dealt with childhood trauma, and people say all the time, you know, just let it go, let it go. Oh man, no, those are your formative years. That oh, yeah, creates who yeah. you are. You know, and and it it's it 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 becomes so difficult to unpack because it it determines how you think. So it, it's when people say let it go, it's very difficult because everything about who you are is based on you are who you are by the time you're six years old, and if and if that 
period of life was traumatic for you, you got a lot to unpack in it too. Oh, yeah. You do. And so that statement, I think, that you said about children should never be confused about who values them in a relationship, that is absolutely true because that will carry with them into adulthood. And I will tell you, for me, what made me realize that I needed to be a better person, that I needed to come up out of, because I'm telling you, I would... I mean, I, I, you know, I was a military kid, but I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I mean, although I was always smart, I was really kind of, I was hood. I, I mean, I came from the hood. I, it, it was, I had no skills. The most I knew how to do was be a cashier. And people be like, what? You know, because they're like, you're so smart. It was having a child that made me realize I needed to be something better in life. And then it was my son that made me recognize I needed to heal every major growth I've had in my life I saw myself reflected back to me through my child mm. and and that will always be something that's going to be a constant I think you're going to find oh, yeah. and, and and trust me it gets more challenging as they get older because then they can tell you what they don't like oh, yeah. there's people that would <laughs> there's no way they would have been in my life I mean there's, mm -hmm. there's people I might have even allowed in my life had I not had my daughter mm -hmm. because I'm just that much more um, discerning Yes. <laughs> what kind of energy is around? It, it is. And even then, but it, it, it makes you protective. But even then, it's, 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 like you said, as much as you try, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to protect your kids from everything. But that opens up a whole nother conversation because, you know, parenting after you've dealt with trauma is every, you're afraid of everything and everybody you don't trust anyone and you don't know you don't trust anyone and you don't you you kind of know but you then what you're not present to is the experience that it creates for your child and i think mm -hmm. i see it all the time we've talked about that group that support that therapy group that i'm in and mm -hmm. and one consistent theme <clears throat> excuse me that i see women talking about my daughter won't talk to me my daughter won't talk to me my daughter your daughter won't talk to you because you're not respect. You're so you're. It's like they're stuck on tradition and not respecting these boundaries. They do not seem to understand. They understand how things affected them, but they cannot connect with the experience that they created for their children. Mm -hmm. And the, respect the boundaries is what and, creates that trust. That's right, and that's the one thing that I can say that my son has truly taught me was to be able to recognize that there is still an experience that gets created for the children, and I've had to struggle to help my mom and my dad, you know, with the same thing. Lots of us, lots of people are struggling with that experience, you know. One of the reasons why I was able to allow myself to be in the current relationship I'm in, because I fought, I fought this relationship. Uh, all my damage and my ego. I fought this relationship the whole step of the way. Like, I was smack in the middle of it. I'm like, no, I'm not with him. It's confused. But um, once I started accepting that this person might actually care about me, because that's what it was. I didn't think this person really cared about me, because they all lie. So once I was able to accept, hey, someone can love you, um, I was able to move forward. Part of that was, part of me able, being able to trust this man was he never, ever, challenge my boundaries when it came to my personal space my body and that i valued that heavily because of sexual assault he never anytime i was in a situation where i'm like you know what, no i don't feel like having sex he's like all right we never had an argument about it you know and that was a that was that was what
made me go ahead and move forward. Being able to know that I had somebody I could trust in that space that would say, okay, I see, I see this is a lot of pressure. I'm going to back up. Everybody doesn't do that. So let me ask you this. I said I was at the last question, but uh, I've, I've got to ask this because I find that this is a really great question to ask because people have so much to offer with their lived experience. If you had one piece of advice to offer uh, someone who has been on this journey of realizing that they've shown up in relationships a particular way and they had to undo all of this stuff and heal, what would that piece of advice be? Stop trying to heal through other people. Mm. Take your experience and internalize it. Use your experiences with people to reflect on yourself and your behaviors. Mm. Don't hold other people accountable for how you allow them to treat you. Wow. 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 I can't even follow that up with anything else. <laughs> that was, I mean... You know, I, I appreciate you coming to have this conversation. Um, I I hope that everybody has enjoyed this conversation thus far. This has been um, another truly it it every it's been an amazing conversation for me. I feel like I've gained something from it. Um, for me, you know, I believe in creating safe spaces for us to have dialogue like this without being judged, um, because this is how we grow. This is how we heal. Um, and if you're a person that that is looking for a safe space to be able to have conversation like this where you can dialogue with other people men and women and and kind of get this understanding and, and without being judged then come on and join our community check us out at officialdfd.com thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our show tune in every sunday at 3 p.m at officialdfd.com follow us on social media at officialdfd your dynamic, your dialogue.